Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. I'm going to scrap the sermon and we're just going to keep singing. Good to worship the Lord. So good. So good for our souls. Um, So we as a church, High Street Community Church, we, a little slogan that we try to go by is um, we're a family of friends following Jesus. And we just went through a couple of long um, series called Follow Me, where we were trying to figure out what does it look like to follow Jesus and then cultivate or make followers of Jesus. And um, so a great follow-up to that, as we asked that question and we're, we're, we're trying to venture out into being followers and making followers, is now to go into this next series, which I've tweaked our, our slogan for our church. So instead of, or maybe in addition, or for this season, let's go by this Um, slogan. We are botanical theologians cultivating Jesus followers. (laughs) Don't laugh. Live it. Or we could be theological botanists cultivating Jesus followers. Theological botanists or botanical theologians. And basically, we're going to look at trees. Trees tell a story. They really do. And as Eric mentioned, they're the third most mentioned living thing in the Bible. Who loves trees? Let's just all confess. We love, we're, we're a bunch of tree huggers. I'm glad for that. I love trees. Um, so we're going to do eight sermons about trees that tell the story of the one God and our place and how we fit um, in this story. Um, trees, you know, if, if the third most mentioned living thing in the Bible, that means trees are important to God. And since it's also in the Bible and that important, trees ought to be important to us. And in some of my research, I, um, I, I read that um, in the 1800s, as was where this article was talking about, they preached about trees all the time. They said, we don't do that anymore. I, well, I'm going to change that. <laughs> Let's talk about trees. You know, we, we just kind of go over those really quick and pass by them. And the challenge of a, of a sermon series like this is, um, so I was a biology major in college. I've told you that a number of times. I love trees. And my vein of biology was... Um, natural history or ecology. I love the big stuff, and so studying trees was really fun. We had to learn every tree on our campus, and I learned all the trees of Southern California and Baja. Baja was easier. There's not a lot of trees down there. It's desert. Um, so I love trees. My dad wrote a book on redwoods, a textbook that's um, still used these days, and um, lots I could talk about trees. So part of the frustration for this series is I don't get to say as much as I want to, and I'll forget stuff. Or the Bible's got, are you going to preach on this tree? I'm like, no, I picked eight. Um, So you'll notice a little bit of my, ah, it's because I want to do more of this. And I suppose that's a good thing, then we'll always want more. Um, Trees are important in Santa Cruz. We love trees as a town here. So this is a great series to invite people to come because you'll learn about trees and how much we love. Although today's tree, our main tree we're talking about, I hate it. There, I said it. Put it out there. I do hate a certain tree. Um, But we'll get to that. 
Um, but there's basically, think of this as we do this series as two different things. So God reveals himself, you know, the theologians will tell us, he reveals himself in two ways. General revelation, and that's kind of creation. So you could out, go out and study a tree, and that's why I love science so much, because people have put in so much time and energy to discern facts and truths about things in creation that I can just read these and learn more about God. God reveals himself in creation. I love that. I, that's why I love to go outside for a walk, a hike, and be with God because in his creation, he's speaking. He's revealing himself, and that's called general revelation. And then there's special revelation, which is where he has specifically inspired people to tell specific things, and that's in the Bible, or his Holy Spirit can come upon you and speak to you that way. So he's special. That's, you know, theologians call that special revelations. And so this series is the combination of both. We're going to do a bit of general revelation where I teach about actual trees and how God made them, and then we're going to do special revelation where, where is that tree in the Bible? Where's the specific information that God gave about that tree? Um, and so that we're doing, we're combining those two things, general and special revelation. And I like this for the follow-up to follow me because I'm not just teaching this so that you would, you'd sit here and learn it. I hope you do. But I'm trying to equip you so that not only you learn it and live it, but that then you would go teach these things as well. And I'll get to that at the very end of the message, how you actually will be sharing this information. And it can, it can be a way that you cultivate followers of Jesus, right? So that's, I'm, I'm, super, I'm probably most excited about that. I call that the fruit. And fruit is certainly the most fun part of a tree. So some um, basics of, oh, let me go this first. You have in your um, bulletins some notes to take notes on. And I've tried to come up with a template, Dave and I worked on this, that um, could be the same template each week. So if you see this where it says 8 tree 1, and then there, it looks like there's, there's five different kind of questions or statements or things that we're going to go through every single sermon. So this sermon, you can even start filling it out now, what type of tree is this? Actually talking about two trees today. The uh, avocado tree, and I'm barely going to talk about that because that will illustrate or represent the tree of life. It's at the front end of the Bible and the back end of the Bible, so I have to mention it today, but I'm just going to leave you hanging. I'm not going to say much about it. And I'm going to talk a lot about the tree of death, the evil, the awful acacia tree, <laughs> the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So those two, tri what tree is today? And so you're going to write avocado and acacia in that line. And that, so that's, you know, you often will identify a tree by their leaf, so we put a leaf there. And then what part of Scripture is this tree? What passage? And we put the branches there, because what branch of the Scripture, what portion of the Scripture? And today we're mostly focused on Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Genesis 1 to 3. And mostly in Genesis chapter 3. The root of biblical truth, I won't give you this one yet, but like what's the core truth that we're going to pull out of the Bible What's the special revelation piece tell us? And then the core truth you learned, I don't want you just to understand biblical information, but what is it that you went, aha, or I need to be reminded of this, or I didn't know this yet. You're going to fill in that portion there. And then the last piece, which I kind of already mentioned, what fruit will you bear? What are you going to do about this? You know, a sermon is a waste of time if you just learn information and you don't do it. We're not just supposed to be hearers of the words you know, look in the mirror and then forget what we look like, but we're supposed to be doers. So we're going to walk through this template every week that we choose a different tree and look at the different scriptures. So that's what we'll do. And at the end of today's message, I'll actually go through this right before I close in prayer of what we learned today, just to make sure that we're really clear. 
Um, ready for some tree basics? Are we all now in biology class? And feel free to shout a few of these out because I don't want to just read off a list. But um, what are, give me some just basic tree facts. Any things that come to mind? You got to water them, so they need water. They have leaves. Observant. <laughs> Photosynthesis, which means they make food, right? And they also fix our air. If we would just have carbon dioxide and they turn that into oxygen. Some roots go deeper than others. Like all trees have roots. And we'll get to the... What's that? Birds live in them. Yeah, and they love them and they eat from them. Who else? Yep, some trees are deciduous, means their leaves fall off and some are evergreen. Yes, the bark is protective. What else? Gives shade, yes. I, was, I, I, I only wrote that down, I think, yesterday. I'm like, because <laughs> we don't need, we don't, what's the sun? We don't even see it these days. You what? Oh, oak trees. They are evergreen, but they're always dropping their leaves. But John in the back. Supply you with food. They bear fruit. That's right. Yes. The acacia tree is great for burning, as we'll see that Jesus says. Thrown into the fire. Yes, you can, they tell a story. You can tell how old a tree is. Very good. They're beautiful. That's right. Yes, so in a tree, I, I, I'm, I, you can drive a car through a tree. You know why? Because the inside is just for stability. It's the cork. It's the actual outside where the, the nutrients, the phloem and the xylem, where the water and the sugar go up and down. And if you, cut, if you girdle a tree, if you cut the outside ring of a tree or put a cable on it where it can't keep expanding, that kills the tree. And that's what those beetles do, that they eat the inside right underneath the bark, kills the tree. Explain. Yes. Or if you're out in Baja and you see a, a whole clump of palm trees, that could save your life because they have found the water. Very good. I, I got to stop you guys. I got to get to the sermon. <laughs> oh, my other career was to be a biology teacher. Can you tell? Okay. So we, went, we got more tree facts than I even wrote down. Very good. Parts of a tree. These are just basic Tree parts, I'll teach on this depending on the tree more than others, um, but I just want to go over the basic part. There's roots, which we talked about, and they store food. They soak up water. They soak up minerals. Um, they hold the whole thing there. You know, they're the foundation for a tree. They uh, also, and this is what our evil friend over here, the acacia tree, the roots can reproduce a tree. They can um, reproduce through rhizomes. It's actually a stem that's part of the root stock, and it'll shoot up another tree, even though you chop the whole tree down. Poison oak does that too, by the way as does bamboo and Bermuda grass, all kinds of things that we hate. <laughs> um, that's roots. And then there's the trunk, which we talked about, which is kind of the heart, the center of the tree. It holds the whole thing together, transports stuff up and down. It also can uh, store th things there. The branches, they transport nutrients from the leaves down. They also show a lot of the shape of the tree, and they hold the leaves. The leaves, very important, they are actually what give a lot of the beauty to the tree, they're the ones that make the food. They um, um, will, will bring in water. They actually can lose a lot of water, too. That's the thing they have to watch out for. Um, and then they provide shade. 
good job for that. And then the last one, fruit or flowers, and that's, uh, again, probably the prettiest part if you really focus on the tree, sometimes the most useful part because we can eat the fruit, but um, one of the most important things of a fruit is for reproduction. In fact, if you look at how God designed most fruits, it's usually some creative way to make sure that the seed gets to a place where it can turn into another tree. So some fruits, they want an animal to eat it so that it'll fly away, poop it somewhere else, and a tree will grow up, you know, hundreds of miles away. Or um, some seeds, you know, they'll, they'll um, like some pine tree seeds, have you ever seen these? They'll, they'll twirl like a helicopter, and they'll fly forever like a ponderosa pine. The seed does that, and they, that's how they're dispersed all over the place. Or some seeds get caught in your sock, like a burr, and you'll walk from somewhere else, and you'll deposit, and then you'll have those weeds at your house. Awesome. <laughs> seed dispersals. Uh, we could give a whole sermon on how seeds are dispersed and how the gospel is spread, but I'm, not today. <clears throat> okay, let's get to trees. We have one good tree, one bad tree. We're in Genesis 1, chapter uh, 1 to 3. If you want to turn to page 3, that's where we are in our, our scriptures this morning. So the first tree is the avocado tree. And this tree, here's our avocado. Don't lift this, it's really, really heavy. It's been rained on. But this avocado is very small. Ozan, everybody thank Ozan, he gave me this tree. <laughs> Planted it from a, uh, a seed. He gave me three different avocado trees. He's, he's, uh, he's good with trees. And he, he did them at his, um, his apartment. He would put them in like these little yogurt containers. And then he said, you know, I don't have anywhere to put these things. I said, I got plenty of property and tons of acacias that I'm getting rid of and trying to, you know, replace them with beautiful trees. And so um, he gave me three avocado trees. Two of them took off, did really well. And then just before I was going to bring one here, the deer got those. Evil. And they're still alive. <laughs> they're still alive, but they're just sticks. And I'm like... I need to actually put them in the ground because they're so big, they're in these pots. And then I had this really struggling, almost dead avocado tree that I, on Friday, said, well, I could bring it to church. So I took it out of the soil that I had put it in, put it in a bigger bucket. It'll be up here every week for us to look at because the tree of life is at the start of our series and at the end. And every Sunday, I'll just wheel it outside so it can get, it doesn't need any water. It has plenty of water, but it needs to get some sunshine and maybe it'll even improve in our time. And if it doesn't, we can talk about resurrection. That's another biblical truth. (laughs) that uh, will be illustrated. So avocado, the thing I love about avocados is it's, um, it's the fruit, right? Don't you just love it? It also provides great shade. It's a big, beautiful tree. But Michael told me, he knows a lot about trees, by the way. He told me that if you eat avocados and salmon, that's all you need to eat the rest of your life. Everything's covered. It's, it's complete. And, um, and uh, hey, I'm all for that. Those are two things that I love to eat. <laughs> So avocado, that's our illustration. That's not the tree of life, but to me, it represented, because I love avocados, don't you? I've been eating them since I was a little kid. And the tree of life really represents life with God. That's kind of a basic, simple definition of life with God is a tree of life. That's what he offers, and we need life to sustain us. Um, I'm not going to tell you any more about that. i got more to say about it. That's for eight sermons from now, the avocado. Now, let's take a turn or the worst, talk about the dreaded acacia tree. (laughs) So I have, and you see these, where do you see these things? Everywhere. And you know them this time of year, you see these little yellow flowers? They're just blooming so, they're actually beautiful. And some people are allergic to them. 
Um, good point. I'm going to tell you about the good things. This represents the, knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we'll talk about the good. They're actually referenced in the Bible quite a bit. Um, the acacia tree, um, they're not from here. They're from the old world. But the acacia tree was used in the poles for the Ark of the Covenant, and it's used in the tabernacle. And there's a number of times where people take shelter in the acacia tree, and it's one of the few trees in the Holy Land that can live really in the desert. In fact, in the book of Joel, there's a portion in there that has this valley that all it is is acacia trees. And unfortunately, what that represents is, uh, is in that passage is that this is, the, this is what life is without God. <laughs> it's so desolate, all there is is acacia trees there. Um, but it was used in, in some beautiful things because the wood is hard and it's a, a fast-growing tree. And it's, it's represented as, you know, with some good things. On to the bad things. This tree is, it's not native. And um, as some of you know, it's my personal nemesis. <laughs> About three years ago, we bought a fixer-upper and we had a bunch of issues with the house that we needed to address and some remodeling to do. And we mostly hired people to do that. And that has gone pretty well. But the outside, um, I'm, I know how to use a chainsaw and an axe and splitting mall and all that stuff, and I thought, oh, this will be good. I, li- I like to cut down trees, make my own firewood, and, and, you know, and, and so I'll do that part. We, we don't have to worry about that. So the first tree I cut down, about 30, 40 acacia trees, bucked them up, chipped them up, made some firewood, and hardly made a dent on the place. And then the second year, I did the same thing, chopped down a ton of trees, ton of trees, ch- chipped them up. It was a lot of work, and Yet there were still, it's almost, well, some of the trees I cut down the first year grew back twice as big. They just send up sprouts from the the sides. If I didn't get the stump, it's awful. And they would come up roots from the ground, from the same tree. You know, I'm never going to get rid of these. And and, and so there there was kind of like above our house, there was a huge one that took three weeks to fall. Big acacia tree. That's another thing that's terrible about them. They just fall. And I heard it creaking, and I thought there was a mountain lion. And I would go out there and shine in the you know, light, see if I could see it walking around, because I could hear this, not cracking of the thing, but like branches moving. And it was, it was actually falling over three weeks, just really slow. And then I went out there one day, I'm like, that tree looks, and then the next day, and I realized, it's not a mountain lion or anything out there, it's just a tree falling over. And this huge tree fell over on top of like 10 other trees, and they don't die. When it squishes down, then their branches turn into the trunks, and they become... <laughs> These trees that are entwined, and now you've got like 30 trees. It's, it's a huge mess, and we had a couple of those zones that I thought, I don't even know how to chop that up. What do you, you just go in there and start screaming and swearing, and you know, you're going to chop your arm off. Awful mess. And I'll get later how I say that's just like sin in your life, okay? You are sin. <laughs> but this isn't just me that thinks this. I don't know if you can read this. The worst weeds in Santa Cruz County. Acacia, all species. They grow among roadsides in disturbed areas. Look for distinctive leaves. Image to the right. Large seed pods, bright yellow flowers in early spring. That's this time of year. It's a highly invasive, terrible, terrible tree. Should I say more about that? (laughs) Okay. Um. But, the, you know, the actual, I want to say like an aside, there's actually nothing wrong about that tree. It's just at the wrong place, the wrong time, the wrong environment. And, and sometimes things in life are like that. Like, like um, food isn't bad. Gluttony is bad, 
right? It's too much of the thing. You know, drugs actually are created to really help people, and yet we abuse them. Sex is supposed to be in marriage, and when it's outside of marriage, that's where disease and, and abuse and all these terrible things that happen from a good thing where they don't belong. The tree itself isn't bad. I don't know if I actually just said that, but <laughs> it doesn't belong here. It's not supposed to be here. It's an invasive species that's not supposed to be here. It's supposed to stay where it's supposed to be. And, and since it's here, it's now a weed, an out-of-control weed. So let's look to the Bible. Um, biology class is temporarily done for, for a while. And turn with me. Um, Genesis, I'll just refer to a few of these. Genesis chapter 1, God creates trees. One of the things he just did in creation. They're, they're declared as good-looking. They're good for food. And then he gets to chapter 2, and in verse 15 it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And commentators will say the job was to uh, worship God and obey him. And one of the things, uh, here's another sermon. This is a sermon series. You know our job, our original job as people is to take care of the earth. To care for the earth, to work the garden, to, to, to... do a good job of it. And largely, we haven't done that. And Christians of all people on earth should know and do this more than anybody. This is our marching orders. Take care of the earth. And so, you know, there's different political agendas that go with all that stuff. And I, I do tell you, it other, I could do this much better. In fact, the younger generation, I think, is doing much better than my generation in that they care a lot about this in our culture. They, they say, we don't want to have plastic straws or we don't want to you know, have these giant corporations polluting all these different things. And, and I would agree with them, but they're actually doing something about it. And, and I respect that and admire that, and we need to do more of that. And I, I do get a little twinge sometimes when I'll hear somebody, oftentimes a Christian, or maybe I'll see something posted where they say, those crazy environmentalists, yes, sometimes environmentalists go too far, but at the core what they're doing is what God's called us to do. We got to take care of the earth. You know, we, we, can't, be, we can't be abusing things. I'll stop at that, but, um, but it's, it's true. Our, our, our job as people is to care for the earth, not abuse it, and not trash it. Uh, then we get into Genesis 2, 16 and 17. Here's where it gets good. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may um, surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. You ever see that movie... Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's a new one that came out, but the older one I'm thinking of, of uh, Gene Wilder, he's in there, and he brings all the kids into his factory, and he brings them to this spot where there's this giant, you know, chocolate river, and there's just can- um, candy and everything. You, you can eat everything. It was awesome. And that's my picture of the garden where God's like, have at it, enjoy, and everything was good, and, and you could just eat everything that you wanted to do, and he's like, look at all these trees. Imagine God's joy in letting us, you know, presenting us into the garden, say, eat what you want. I just, just don't eat of that one, but eat everything. Can we just stop the story there? I'd love to. God is a good provider that provided for us. Um, but then, of course, we know that we didn't obey, and we chose to sin. And we chose to, instead of being dependent and choosing the tree of life, we chose independence. No, I want to be like God. I want to do things my way. We chose to eat of the acacia tree. <laughs> Instead of describing the story, I thought I would just read it. I want to read Genesis chapter 3. And um, so if you want to read alongside, again, it's on page 3, and I'll read the first 13 verses. Um, 
we, we shouldn't gloss over this. This is a bad story and a bad thing, and we need to remember and hear this story because as we're singing and as we're worshiping, we're talking a lot about restoration. Restored from what? From this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree of the garden in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, Lord God, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the... Fr- I can't get through that without laughing. That's- oh, Lord, help us, right? The woman you gave to me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. I got about 15 sermons in that paragraph right there. The fact is, God gave us a choice. And we chose, and I say we, you would have done it too. We chose independence instead of dependence. And instead of gaining wisdom, they gained guilt, they gained condemnation, and they gained separation. And we can all identify with this, can't we? So what can we learn from this? First off, sin starts with a choice. God in His love and in His wisdom doesn't force us, he, he let us choose. Starts with a choice, but then it continues with hiding and with blame. Hiding and with blame. I mean, that's what's ridiculous. Like, you think you can hide from God? And then God says, did you do this? And, and, and there's always, not always, but there's often a little bit of truth in what they say. Well, this wouldn't happen if this woman wasn't here. Maybe that's a little bit true. Is it the truth? No. I clearly told you don't eat this. You ate it. That's the story. A lot of times, you know, this blame, we want to blame somebody. Get, get the spotlight off of me. We're not looking to be in the truth. So there's sin that starts with a choice, and it goes on with, with blame and with hiding. And the story kind of looks like this. I told you that, you know, I spent a couple years trying to get rid of these acacia trees. And um, it basically is like this. I thought I could do it, and I couldn't. And I was humbled. I was in over my head. It was too big of a mess. I couldn't, I didn't have the time. It would have been a full-time job, and I didn't even have the expertise. And my sweet wife, Maria, everybody give Maria a hand. 
<laughs> she somehow got through to my pride stubborn head and said, Danny, dear, you need to hire somebody to get rid of these acacias. I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. I can't afford that. And I can't. Okay, you need to ask for help. Sometimes tough for a guy. And not coincidentally, a tree service, and they had done this before, but they had come by, I think within a week or two of saying that, they knocked on my door. Hey, you got a lot of problems here. We could help you. <laughs> Serious. I'm like, okay, God, I get the message. And so I did some research with some companies and actually used the company that knocked on our door, and they came, and all the lower trees of our acacia, and I said, hey, here's what, they, they knew what they were doing. I said, you don't need to make all this firewood. Just get the things down and chip up the stuff. And they went in there. It was a miracle. It was, I was like, praising God. They got rid of this mess. And then about, I don't know, a month or two ago, we had the upper property. Same crew. Same, they called me up and they said, hey, we don't have any business this time of year. Is there any way we know that your property needs some help? <laughs> we know. And I said, yeah. You know, and we had a dr little dry stretch in there. We had them come back. And they got rid of all that tree, that tree that fell for three weeks, this giant tree. My neighbors talk about it. They're like, what are you going to do with that thing? And in fact, one of my neighbors, he has acacias, and he's been taking them out. And I was grumbling about how much I hate him. And he knows I'm a pastor. He says, you're supposed to be about love. Stop talking about hate so much. <laughs> and I defiantly to his face says, no, I hate these trees. I'm not about love with the acacia tree. When I was about, I don't know, 12 years old, I was walking out of my bedroom, and I tripped over a cord, a cord like one of these. And it was my mom's sewing machine was right next to the door out of my bedroom, tripped over a cord. I, I may have told you this story before, but it, it took the entire sewing machine off of the table, onto the ground, and broke it. And so I, I know, uh-oh. So I picked it up, put it back, made everything look right, and went on my weary, merry way. And then, you know, my mom tried to sew with it. Something's amiss. And they asked me, did you do anything? You know, it was an innocent, I don't even know if I would have been in trouble. But what do you think I answered? No, I wouldn't. And if I did, I surely would tell you. And so my dad um, took it down to the sewing place because apparently they had just had it, you know, what do you do to a sewing machine? Greased up or something like that, refurbished, overhaul the transmission. And he took it back and said, hey, you know what? You did a bad job. I know. And he came back to me. Uh, each one of the kids says, are you sure you didn't do anything to this? Because this guy's an honest businessman. And he says he returned it in great shape, and it's not working now. And I said, you guys think I'm nice. I said, no, I didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, nothing. And so he went back down there, and he, he chewed the guy out. Like, stern, like, and my dad wasn't that kind of guy. He says, no, you're trying to pull one over me. You fix this sewing machine. And then I eventually, I couldn't sleep, you know. The, the God is just, you are awful. <laughs> and so I went, I went to my dad, and I said, I broke the sewing machine. And his first, he, he was like, what? Do you know what I said to that guy? I was, and he was really angry, and then, but he forgave me. And I don't remember what the consequences were. I know I had to work for 10 years doing something, fixing something. <laughs> but I resonate, and we all do, many times, but that story really pops, where I directly, directly, clearly disobeyed and lied about it and hid, and it caused all kinds of problems. Sin is like that.
Sin is like the acacia tree. The reason I hate it, and I, and I also will call uh, poison oak a demon weed, same thing, you, you gotta, it'll come up even through the roots, all this stuff. It takes a lot of work to get rid of it. But sin is like that. It'll pop up even from the ground. The roots will even start a new tree. You get involved in sin, you don't know. You can't control it. Sin can't be managed. When you open that door, right, it starts to take over, and it gets in such a mess. I was in such a mess, there was no way I was getting out of that mess with the sewing machine without telling the truth. It was wrong, and it just continued to fester and get worse and worse and worse, caused other people problems. Clearly, I needed a rescuer. We needed a rescue. I needed help. That's why I love this tree. Did I say that? I love this tree because it's a picture for me that God, through Jesus Christ, will rescue me from a situation I cannot get myself out of. I'm in over my head. I can't pull it off. In fact, it's getting worse by the minute as much as I try to control it and cut it down. I may be even helping the tree reproduce by cutting, you know, pruning it back and it comes back thicker. You cannot manage sin. It's too big. In fact, the seeds on an acacia tree, if, if you want to come up to my house, I'll show you. One tree produces so many seeds, and they're all germinated. They will all produce a tree if you give them any. They're still coming up. I have to go out there and pick them all the time to get rid of them. But this company has gotten rid of these trees, and there's, we're down to maybe about 20 left. Victory is on the horizon. The most important question that I see in this passage in chapter 3, it says, verse 9, where God asks, where are you? Where are you? So this is the God of the universe in the garden that he made. He knows everything, and yet he still asks the question. This is the God asking this question, which he already knows the answer. And this is the God that's asking the question, where are you? He already has a solution. If you look at the, uh, the punishments that they get, there's woven in there, uh, salvation story, and I won't go into that, but God's got a plan of rescue for us in place, and it comes up throughout the story of, of Scripture that this redemption plan, this plan to rescue us from our own mistakes that were in over our head, there's a plan. Yet that God still is asking, where are you, even though he knows all this stuff? The other thing is, is he doesn't force us. He invites. He didn't force us he could have forced us, like, you can't choose that. He lets us choose, but he lets us also choose him to receive his grace. In fact, Psalm 34, 8, I'll read it as our benediction when we leave. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He invites us. And then in um, Romans, remember I said the thing that they, they thought they were going to get wisdom? And instead, they got guilt, they got condemnation, and they got separation. Listen to what Romans says in 35. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. So God will decide if we're guilty. Who is, uh, who is to condemn? So there's guilt, condemnation. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And then the third issue, separation, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, Paul's asking these questions. What's the deal with guilt? What's the deal with condemnation? What's the deal with separation? Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrections, conquered death and invites us to partake of his holiness. We sung about holiness, holy, holy, holy. That's perfect holiness. 
We get that through Christ. It's an invitation. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it's written, for your sake we are being killed all day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the question, again, goes out to us, where are you? And the Bible teaches us that there's two options. Are you in Adam, still separated from God? Or are you in Christ? That's the invitation, is to be in Christ. To be in Christ is to believe in Christ and trust in his work to wash us clean. To be in Adam is to remain, I'm going to remain independent of God. I'm going to remain on my own. I got this covered. I'm going to do it on my own. It's me living in my house without calling a tree company. I'm going to remain with this bramble, this thicket, this awful pile of trees taking over our place. But to be rescued is Jesus Christ coming to rescue, washing me clean of my sins, and now planting a garden with avocado trees. You should see the transformation happening at our house. It's happening. The gospel, the good news is happening at my house. I'm seeing this picture, this illustration through trees. Instead of weeds, the worst weed tree in Santa Cruz being the dominant tree on my property, we will now have fruit trees. God willing that they live. <laughs> what a good picture of, if that's good news. Not just good news for a piece of property. It's good news about life, about the offer that God has to us. So the question is, are you found in Christ or are you found in Adam? And I, taking the picture just one last step, I needed an outside person. I needed Maria to persuade, to compel me. Say, this is the good news. We need people in our lives to say, you need help. You need Jesus. You need Jesus to heal you, to rid you of the sin of acacia. Right? We all need, we all need the Lord to redeem us. And sometimes we need people to tell us that. That's the whole point of following Jesus and then to cultivate followers as we want to do that. And that brings us to our last point here, the bonus, I call this, the fruit. We had a, um, we, every two weeks we have a staff meeting. And our staff, we get together, and um, this week Michael was leading our devotions. We do a devotions piece where we report what we've been working on, what we're lurking, looking to work on. We talk about where we need connection with one another, all the kind of stuff you do in a staff meeting. But we also do a devotional time where one of the staff members says, I will take um, charge of this one and I will lead us in a devotional time. Well, Michael jumped the gun on his turn and he says, I'm going to do it on trees. You know, so he's actually applying the sermon that I hadn't even given yet. It was awesome. He walked us out in the eucalyptus grove out there, and he said, okay, I got, I don't know how many facts you had, 10, 15 facts about eucalyptus trees. He says, I'm going to read these facts, and I want us, um, or he'll just provide a list of facts. He's like, I want us to connect what truths spiritually are connected to these facts. So we read about the bark, we read about the leaves, about how tall they were, all these different things, and we related them to, really, special revelation that was in the Bible. We related tr truths about our church. It was awesome. It was the best time. And I thought, this is exactly, he, you know, we've talked about this. And, and so I was all geeked up and everybody was all excited about all that God was revealing through his general revelation, through creation, connecting it to 
spiritual truths that we knew from the Bible, or just we're living in our lives. It was really an encouraging time where we were, you know, challenging each other and learning. Wonderful time. I share that with you because he did that, not even hearing the sermon and getting a picture of this. It's natural and pretty easy to do. So I've talked to you about acacia trees, just a little bit about avocado trees, and so I want to encourage our whole church, here's your job this week. Don't just hear the sermon, but take it and use it. Cultivate followers of Jesus Christ. So if you're commuting over 17, guess what? It's lined with acacia trees popping beautiful yellow flowers, and you could say to a coworker, or if you're driving over the hill, or driving around town, they're all, they're all over the place, <laughs> invasive weed. You can say, what do you think about acacia trees? You know, I heard about them this Sunday in church about acacia trees. The pastor hates them. What's his problem? You know, it sparks up conversation. He connected the acacia trees with evil because they're an invasive weed tree. What do you think about sin in your life? What do you think? Why is there bad in the world? It, it brings up these questions. Have you ever heard the story of the tree of knowledge and good and evil? Have you ever heard about Jesus the rescuer? How about the avocado trees? You like avocados? If you're out to lunch and you have avocados, talk about avocado trees. It's the tree of life. I can't tell you a ton about it because we haven't done that tree. We're going to do it the last week. But you should come hear about all these other trees. I want you to take today the message and not just hear about it, but bring it up in conversation with other people throughout this week. Is that something we're willing to do? This is the time of year where acacias are easiest to spot. The flowers are brilliant, bright yellow. They're beautiful. And I dare you, I challenge you to bring up this conversation, whether it's coworkers, Parents, do this with your kids. The acacia trees are out there. This is a great time to talk about. This is a main point in the story of God is how we have been separated from God and bring up the, that, that, that concept. Kids all know about sin. We're born able to do it. So I would challenge us all to do like Michael did and just weave it into a, a portion um, of a conversation with neighbors, family, coworkers. You get the idea. Ask good questions. I would also encourage you that you would, and I'm not doing much of this now, but that you would listen. When you bring up these conversations, it's important to listen to people because people will make valid points. And, and, and it's, it's um, arguing is never a good thing with people, but discussing is. And value and listen. You don't have to agree with them at all. In fact, you can say, well, here's where I get my basis of truth. But have a conversation. And I believe the acacia tree is a wonderful tool to bring up this concept, this conversation. Um, and I would also highly encourage you, and sometimes this happens while you're doing it, is just pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal truth because you cannot reveal truth to people in that way. Only God can do that, and the Spirit loves to do that, but that maybe the Spirit would use you and use a tool like a tree to bring about his truth. That's our challenge. So here's our, our notes. I wanted to just go through the notes real quick, and then I'll close this in prayer is, um, to make sure we're on the same page. Where are my notes? they are. What type of tree? Acacia tree. Avocado a little bit. What part of scripture? Genesis 1 to 3. Root of biblical truth. Here's the core truth that I've been trying to communicate this morning. Is that we get to choose life with God or death slash independence on our own. That's the core issue that we're talking about. Uh, when invited, which would you choose? And to choose life, you choose Jesus. A core truth that I've learned. Now, you may want to put whatever you want to put, but here's what I put. I need help. Core truth, I need help. 
Jesus saves and Jesus offers us life with God. Last question, what fruit can you bear? It's what I just talked about. I encourage all of us to just, I don't know where the conversation will go, but to talk about acacia trees. Talk about sin, how we come up short, how we don't, don't, we don't hit the standard of God's holy, holy, holiness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so creative I in mean, making people, being creative in our stories, and of course, creative in creation. Would you use these tools, even use this weed that's in Santa Cruz to open people's eyes to your love and your grace and your mercy? Would you just give us each divine appointments where suddenly we find ourselves, oh my gosh, I'm in a situation that Danny talked about. I'm going to ask a second question, a third question. And we pray that your spirit would open the eyes of our community to the goodness, to the good garden that you have for us, to the tree of life that you offer us, that we wouldn't just hold it to ourselves, but that we would shine our lights as a light on the top of a hill. We ask these things to be done by the power of your spirit, the love of Jesus Christ, and the goodness of you, Father. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.